Um, there, there are two good questions on the board right now. I think we'll take the second one first because it's probably a little bit easier. It says, what has happened to investment banking as a career choice? From here, predominantly, <laughs> I can't help but think, but a couple of our, uh, of our students uh, recently went to work for uh, Bear Stearns and Goldman Sachs. They've been there for the last few years. I haven't heard from, from a few of those folks, but I suspect uh, things aren't looking nearly as good as they were uh, not too long ago. I don't think uh, we'll have any interns at Lehman Brothers either <laughs> in the near future. Summer. Um. And, uh, but, it, but the thing to remember is there are a lot of very smart people who did a lot of things that, that are really pretty good, but market conditions sort of move around mm -hmm. and, uh, and things, will, things will shift, things will change, but uh, the same kinds of things uh, that led those people to be successful and those firms to be successful before will be gotten rid mm -hmm. of the bad part and then reinvigorated. Uh, mm -hmm. I think it's yeah. part of what uh, uh, the famous economist Joseph Schumpeter uh, described as creative destruction. Right. This is sort of the way capitalism reinvents itself. Yes. You have these pressures, you have these crises, things get mm -hmm. sort of cleaned out. Old institutions, old firms get disposed of. Mm -hmm. New ones get rebuilt, many mm -hmm. times actually with the same people. Absolutely. But break apart the old structures, bring them back together in new and more productive ways. Yeah. Well, it's just like in a recession. You typically yeah. have more new business startups in a recession than in a boom. So it's a, a purging of the system. Absolutely. And in, in theory, at least in theory, when you go into a recession, the firms that fail should be the weak and inefficient. Mm -hmm. but, but a lot of those people are very bright and they, they become entrepreneurial and start new ventures. So if you're coming out of recession, you see a lot of new business startups. So this could be, this is a pretty big purging of the system. Mm -hmm. But on an optimistic note, we could rebuild and it, you know, it's going to take time and come out of this pretty strong. But, and I, I always have to add that accounting slant here um, as, as a CPA. What happened to um, Arthur Anderson is another exactly. example of a situation where, you know, it, it seemed impossible to think that one of the large international accounting firms could be basically shut down. Those people found new jobs, and, uh, and if anything, as, as a result of some of the changes that took place, you know, we, we certainly still need accountants. We still need auditors. We'll still need investment right. bankers. They'll still be IPOs, there'll still be bond underwriting that needs to take place, merger and acquisition. There are going to be investment banking as a career choice for our students in the future, but next year might not be a good year to be <laughs> yeah. in that market. So I do know that, again, there's going to be some pain in that That's um, right. area. And I, I think what uh, another twist here is that some of the smaller, more boutique investment banks will do quite, quite well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so you'll see a shift and you'll see people and firms that perhaps are not household names will become household names uh, in, in the next few years. I have a question from Rick Carlton. It says, as you mentioned at the beginning of the program, one of the fundamental problems dealt with housing prices being too high in relation to incomes. How will this, this bailout uh, things address the root problem? It seems that either housing prices need to continue to drop or incomes need to rise. Well, if I could say a little bit about this, uh, I think that part of what you saw in the housing boom was an increase in prices facilitated by that artificial lowering of interest rates, which then people could sort of look and say, okay, I can now qualify for X amount of money per month. Now I can buy a bigger house, a more highly priced house. I'm willing to bid more for that existing house because of these low interest rates. That pushed housing prices up and led in part uh, to this bubble. Now, how is this going to be resolved? 
Well, now that interest rates have gone up and that bubble's been squeezed and then popped, mm -hmm. uh, what I will suggest, and I think this is somewhat controversial, uh, I don't necessarily expect you two to agree with me or anybody okay. else out there to agree <laughs> with me, is that what we're starting to see right now is the beginning of an inflationary surge that is going to help move those nominal prices of those houses up to the point where they actually match the value on the loan. In other words, if we had houses that were, say, uh, you know, a few years before might have been worth 200000 and they suddenly got bid up to 400000 in that boom a couple years ago, well, boom, now the bubbles burst, those prices are falling a little bit, but now when you start seeing 3 4 5% inflation a year, it doesn't take too many years till those prices of real assets, which houses are real assets, get pushed back on up. Mm -hmm. I mean, we don't have to look back uh, to just ancient history. We can go back to the 70s and realize that people were buying houses for 30 and 40 and $50,000 that last year might have been selling for $500,000. That's certainly the case in some of the neighborhoods where I grew up in the Washington, D.C. suburbs. And if you look at the original purchase price of a lot of those houses that might have been built in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, you'll see these prices that you find just astounding. Well, part of that is inflation has pushed all those things up. I would suggest to you, uh, and I'd be uh, willing to come back here in 10 years and see mm -hmm. where we are, uh, but I think at, at that point you'll start seeing all these prices have recovered. In fact, I don't think it'll take 10 years. I'd say it's probably going to take more like four or five. I think tied into that question, if you look back uh, around 2005, and some of our students saw some of these and mm -hmm. some of the slides we've had in earlier courses, you know, the uh, level of mortgage debt relative to total household debt soared. It peaked about yes. 2005. Yep. And if you look at mortgage debt relative to household disposable income, it soared. It absolutely peaked in all times. Mm -hmm. And that ties back into the push for home ownership. Okay. Uh, so, you know, I don't think some of those folks on the low end of that spectrum can recover. I think they're, again, you know, when you had some... Uh, some of those ratios were unbelievable. You look at the debt relative to income, and you're thinking, how could they ever do that? And is that because the mortgages were evaluated on a current payment to current income basis as opposed to a total debt to total income basis? Do you uh, think? I think there was some of that. It, well, again, you know, we, we went through a time. Let's face it. The economy's been pretty good. There's a lot of availability of money out there. There's a lot of money for lending. Money for lenders is inventory, just like a retail store has inventory. When you got a lot of it, you got to move it through at a lower price, which is the interest rate. And, you know, you lend to all of your top customers first, and you work your way down the pecking order. Okay. So there was so much money available in our mortgage markets, a lot of it because of the various securitization mm -hmm. mechanisms that we had, that you kept working your way down. And, you know, in, in theory, you continue to lend to the point where that last customer has marginal cost equal marginal revenue, to speak mm -hmm. your jargon, Dr. Robert. I appreciate right? that. <laughs> so... But unfortunately, we went a little beyond that. Uh, and then, okay. But also, I think in the heyday, there was a belief that housing prices would continue to go up. So these people, if they got in trouble, would realize some equity and could bail out. And could bail out, sell that house, move yes. on to Absolutely. the next one, and pocket the gains. That's right. But then when it, the market fell, that took care of that as an out for these people. I see. So. And mm -hmm. so that's how these institutions then become stuck with some of these mortgages that then right. the value of those mortgages to back the securities Absolutely. isn't there and that spreads through these other uh, uh, debt obligations too. Mm -hmm. Okay, we're, we're starting to get the questions a, a little bit faster and furious. Okay. We've got about six oh, or seven okay. backed up here. Uh, let's look at Mark Walker's 
Uh, and Mark asks, are there sectors of our economy or even worldwide uh, economies that are likely to benefit as a result of this crisis? Well, if you're a real estate agent, there'll be a lot of property for sale. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, you know, that, that was kind of a flippant answer, I suppose. Mm -hmm. But there will be a lot of property for sale there at will perhaps be. good price. You know, I read an article somewhere the other day. There's so much being written where about Warren Buffett was out there. He's in a buying mode. Mm -hmm. Remember, yeah. there are, there's a lot of wealth still out there. And there are people who are going to pick up perhaps some of the financial institutions that are still there but have seen their value drop. Yeah. Uh, there are people with a lot of wealth who see this as a buying opportunity. I think that's so, absolutely right. So there are investment opportunities out there. Uh, other particular industries, I, I'm not sure on the top of my head right now what I can think of, but I'm sure there are others. Well, Microsoft the went and repurchased shares today. So we saw absolutely. a situation where, again, uh, some confidence that that stock price is undervalued their their buying mm -hmm. shares. So we, you know, we've seen that before when we've had um, sort of a crisis in confidence in the stock market. Companies using that opportunity to repurchase shares and build some confidence. I think uh, overall, many U.S. companies not nearly as leveraged as U.S. homeowners, uh, perhaps. Again, a lot of companies are in very good mm. financial shape to ride out a storm. And I think they're going to benefit as investors start to, to realize right. that they're a good safe haven for their investment dollars. Well, again, in right. theory, it's the strong that are surviving. Mm -hmm. Right. In theory. Mm -hmm. so. And that's what I'll, what I'll add to this, and, and this is by no means to be construed as investment advice, but I will tell you what I've done. I think there are some regional bank stocks that have gotten depressed earlier this summer and were very good buying opportunities. And so uh, markets on occasion seem to overreact uh, to bad news. Um, and so I think there, there are some sectors there that they are not as bad a companies as the current news seem to suggest. So there are some great buying opportunities among some of those institutions. Secondly, I think it's not a bad time to look at areas where the fundamentals for some kinds of real estate, mm -hmm. the fundamental supply and demand forces are there. And so places that were attractive real estate buys before now may become attractive real estate buys again, albeit at a lower price. So when you start looking at some of these things, yes, if you have some sense of where they are, I think there are some attractive buys. Where are there sectors that may benefit? It's some of those sectors where they've been sort of carried down too much by market overreaction, and in fact, they're some ready for some rebound to occur. Mm -hmm. That's my own personal opinion. Got one, one thing that just came to mind. I, did, um, I saw uh, just a little article got called caught in everything, but it's been talked about, about our big three automakers, and someone asked mm -hmm. me, well, are we going to bail out the auto industry? Now, I have my view that, no, we shouldn't, for one very good reason. You can buy a car. There are a lot, there's a lot of competition in that industry, so it's not, let's say our big three had great financial difficulty. It's not going to kill the entire industry. It might not be good for American pride. Uh, but, you know, you, there are a lot of cars out there, a lot of automobile makers selling cars in the U.S. Many of them are foreign-owned. Mm -hmm. So I think there may be some concern about other industries may try to approach the government for help. And I think we need to be very, very careful. Where, you know, again, you balance the good, the cost-benefit type analysis of doing that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but that's where I think you're – I agree. Uh, and, and to state it uh, in my own words – Economic philosophy matters. And so just as I'd have some concern when the government starts picking winners and losers, who they're going to bail out and who right. they're not, 
when they start doing that at too great an extent, we do start moving in the direction of, of the socialized economies that one of our questions asked about before. Mm -hmm. And that's, we obviously have a very mixed economy. It's not pure capitalism. It's certainly closer to pure capitalism than socialism. Uh, but we do have elements where we have to be careful about that, uh, uh, that temptation to mm -hmm. succumb to political mm -hmm. pressure to bail out each sequential company, which uh, whatever it's the financial industry, the auto industry, so on. Yep. Everybody's important, yes. particularly their political constituencies. All right, now we have another question from Sean Suggs. And Sean, uh, I believe, is actually in the, the automotive industry, if I recall correctly. And uh, he asked, will we look at these events that are taking place in the market as the most important topic in the upcoming election? Do you think that this will make or break a candidate? So there's a hot topic. Does this can well, does does this market crisis cut either particularly in favor of uh, Obama or McCain? Well, we're going to see a lot of finger pointing. We're already seeing it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're already seeing that yeah. today. There was yeah. a lot I mean, of that it's, going it's, on, it's, right? This again, this is a political campaign season. Yes. So you can sort of throw some rational discussion out, and you have to look at the rhetoric for what it is. It's political posturing. I'm not sure it's going to tip the scale one way or the other because, of course. Uh, the Democrats are blaming uh, the Bush administration for their policies. And actually, the Republicans are going back and saying, well, look at what Clinton put in place during his terms in office. Uh, and then you can look at Congress, been under Democrat control for the last two years. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, uh, I saw an article today talking about some of the reform legislation that got bottled in a Senate committee, I just think, in 2005 mm -hmm. to reform Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac because... Uh, supposedly, the Democrats would not let it out of committee. So I think there's going to be a lot of political posturing. So I'm not sure I could say it's going to tip the scale to one or the other. And remember, this is September. Right. We've got a lot of things going on in the world. We have a war in Iraq. All it's going to take is one major event over there, and the attention will, will shift back between now and November. So mm -hmm. who knows what the big event will be in the next month? Well, that brings up a good point. I think part of the reason that we get to this particular situation, why do we have this particular financial difficulty at this particular point in time, is because of those pressures brought about in part by the war in Iraq, in part by the occasional spike uh, and the recent spike in oil prices that put mm -hmm. pressure on all these markets mm -hmm. that have caused this crisis to hit right about at this point, because there's really yeah. a couple of things going. Those kind of pressures, as well as the housing price, uh, or the housing uh, uh, pressures, all come together to put together this, this, this particular pressure on financial markets. Um, Stephen Stanley has posed the next question, says, this is a much bigger problem than can be tackled here, but how do we start digging out of this mess? What are the first building blocks to get us on the road to recovery? Well, I think, one, we do have to rebuild some confidence just on the part of the American public and investors worldwide in our okay. economy. And I think we, we're on the way to doing that. Again, we saw last week, at the end of the week, the markets react favorably to some of the early action. I think the question is, can that favorable reaction be sustained in the longer run? Mm -hmm. So I think the markets are going to observe our government, make sure it doesn't go too far toward, down this road toward uh, nationalization, mm -hmm. shall we say, of certain industries. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we've got to get confidence back. And, you know, we've come out of things like this before. Look at the financial crises we've had, 1929, uh, you know, all through time, 1974, uh, the long-term capital management uh, bond debacle, mm -hmm. the savings and loan debacle, the tech stock bubble. So we have weathered these storms before, and I, I tend to be an optimist and think we'll come out of it. Mm -hmm. But how long, I, I don't know. 
Yeah, I, I am still hopeful that uh, a couple of things will change. Um, one thing is I think we need to understand what the U.S. consumer household, you know, should should be, how much they should be leveraged. I think there there is some concern when I've looked at some of the historical trends and how much um, Americans owe. I think there is some concern that that may be uh, something that needs to change. Um, and I think that, um, again, confidence, restoring mm -hmm. confidence is, of course, the first step in that. But um, I think longer term, as, a, as Americans, I hope we'll start to save a little more. Right. Well, um, that's a good point. And, you know, be more careful. Uh, one thing we really haven't talked about, we talked about all the parties that may be mm -hmm. at blame in this, governmental policies, mortgage lenders who became too aggressive. We know appraisers and were providing sometimes inflated. But, you know, sometimes borrowers do have to bear some responsibility. Absolutely. And, you know, we can go down and we've all seen these articles where the uh, a lot of people are really almost financially illiterate. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how you correct that high school education. I mean, it's beyond me to come up with a solution, but I do think we need to do what we can to inform people to the best of our ability so they understand. And, you know, we have all the truth in lending laws, so when you borrow money, there's all this disclosure, APRs. But surveys have found people still don't understand. People don't, people don't get it, and the, about the best they can seem to do is compare monthly payments to their monthly yes. income. So if their monthly income drops, they are stuck with a monthly payment, right. and they can't get out from under it. My opinion, actually, and I'll step out on a limb here a little bit, is that we're already starting to come out of this. Mm -hmm. I think that uh, there are certain signs now that we are starting to recover. Uh, although uh, we've seen some action now by the monetary authorities literally around the world, they're starting to shore up some things in financial markets. There's still some unwinding yet to be done, as the phrase is gone. Some of this default has to sort of sweep mm -hmm. through the system, figure out how deep it runs, and start to come back. But I actually think we're getting closer to seeing a bottom in some housing mm -hmm. markets. In some areas, there's oh, still yeah. some things to go somewhere else. Mm -hmm. But I think we're actually starting to be on the upside now. Now we'll get to check, and a lot of these students will see me in the spring, so we'll get to see how, how well, this production how, how we is did, doing. Huh? <laughs> but you can hold me to that. 